Hello, everyone, and welcome to Japanuary on the Hit Recap and Review Podcast. Good. Weird. Girate. I am, of course, your newborn baby, diaper-wearing New Year's host, John Goo Goo Gaga. And joining me, as always, from the Red Wastes of Texas, is Patrick Ramirez. Hey there, everybody. Happy New Year. We're just here uh, taking care of uh, baby John now. And also joining me is the great and powerful Jesse Wynn. I am Godzilla, and this year, my New Year's revolution is to eat more people. This week, we are discussing the 2023 Japanese-language film, Godzilla Minus One. Jesse, why don't you tell us what happens in this damn movie? I would love to. In the year 1945, near the end of World War II, pilot Koichi Shikishima abandons his kamikaze run and lands on a repair base on Odo Island. That very same night, a tiny Godzilla crawls out of the ocean and visits Odo Island, killing everyone but Shikishima and one mechanic, Tachibana. Shikishima returns home after this to find his parents died in the bombing of Tokyo. Fighting against survivor's guilt, Shikishima creates an unlikely family, gets an unlikely job, and as the horrors of war continue to haunt him until the day a physical manifestation of these horrors decides to force itself back into his life once more. That's about it. That's like the whole movie. Hell yeah. All right. So... Let's 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 start picking this apart. Nineteen, actually, quick impressions from you two, John. What did you think of this movie? Um, well, I really really liked it. Honestly, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but just to kind of let you, the listener, in on this discussion, I had kind of pointed out that a Godzilla movie is gonna be cool during <laughs> the Godzilla parts. Almost no matter what. You have to fuck it up pretty bad for Godzilla on screen to not be cool. That's so, hard to do, yeah. Yeah, so the thing that makes or breaks a Godzilla movie is uh, the stuff going on in between the Godzilla scenes. Is it watchable? Is it engaging? Is it interesting? And for this movie, I have to say, yes. Yes, it was. Also... I was not sure they were going to be able to pull this off, but they did, and good job, and yeah, I mean, a direct sequel to this, I would watch. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, yes. This movie uh, does the peopling uh, part better than any Godzilla movie has ever peopled. Patrick, what do you think about this movie? 100%. This uh, Godzilla movie is so different than the recent American ones that have come out that are pretty much shit because of the <laughs> people part of the Godzilla movie, which is usually the least favorite part of a Godzilla of a Godzilla movie. Um, the Godzilla design was really good. Uh, we can get into that later, but like just overall the dialogue, the emotional depth of the movie, the story, the plot line, the character arts are just uh, really, really well done. Oh yeah. The design the design of this Godzilla is a uh, nightmarish. 
Yeah. Um, so I was looking into a couple little things about this here movie. Uh, we're rocking a budget under 15 mil, which is approximately one and a half dogmas or 10% of Godzilla versus Kong. Less than 10% of Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you said one and a half dogmas because that really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Thank you. I had thought to clear it the cobwebs away to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, like dogma had that one scene with like the shit demon in it. So you need with one and a half times the budget of the shit demon movie, they did a fully destroy Japan full CGI good Godzilla. But. Uh, currently on a, bit, a budget of under 15 mil, it has grossed 74 million worldwide uh, and is breaking all kinds of international box office records as well as uh, Japanese created box office records in America. But though we're in the middle of this run, we don't have all the accolades uh, fully on the table. So back to the plot of this here movie. Uh, as I had previously stated, we're with our boy Koichi Shikishima. And he realizes uh, wordlessly that whether he thinks of himself cowardly or just realizes that maybe it, it's the wrong thing to do, he breaks formation, dips out on his kamikaze run that he's trained for, and fakes, uh, fakes the need for repairs. So we land on Odo Island in the middle of the night, and we get, like, a little baby Godzilla who is fucking terrifying. You say baby Godzilla, but he's still as he's big fucking as huge, <laughs> like a five-story building. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's a couple stories tall. That's for yeah, sure. I think he's like three stories tall at this that's point. And, and the, yeah. the design of that Godzilla was so cool. I, I mean, another cool thing about this movie, like most, I think, like good horror movies, they don't make you wait to see the monster. You see Godzilla within five minutes of this movie. Like, that's that's fantastic. I don't have to wait 45 minutes to see a sight of Godzilla. Like, you get, you know, full-blown rage Godzilla within five minutes of this movie. And I thought yeah. the design of this Godzilla was better than how he appears later in the movie. Yeah, but also, like, I mean, he's scary and he's big and uh, has thick thighs for days. But also, he's not fully fledged Godzilla, right? This is pre-nuclear Godzilla. So yeah, I think they're like real, more realistic proportions, and so he looks more like a big Velociraptor or like almost a T-Rex. He's this cryptid or something that we didn't know lurked the oceans, and uh, <laughs> he looks like a Velociraptor with some extra C's thrown in there for the mm. thickness. Damn yeah. girl. He, he also moves like a lot more fluid. Um, yeah. In this version, and I think yes, maybe it's because <clears throat> they can get away with how Godzilla moves as a baby Godzilla or a young Godzilla versus mm -hmm. the, the there's canon established for how big, huge adult Godzilla is supposed to move going back fifty years or seventy years, whatever it is now. So it's like yeah, they're kind of locked in on that front. But I feel like this one they took some liberties and like I wish the the bigger Godzilla moved like this one. Yeah, I um, I just now talking to you wonder. I there. I can't wait to watch this movie over and over again because I really do think there are layers to it. And although it might might seem simple on the surface, at times I see 
even in the imagery of a more naturalistic Godzilla and his more natural animal tendencies in comparison to the literal monstrous demon Godzilla we get later and how unnatural he walks around. Mm -hmm. I find depths to be plowed there. Um, And his motivations, like, I... Oh, man. He he gets fucking violent. The devastation he wreaks uh, at the end of this movie is something I'm not sure I've ever seen in a movie. Honestly, it's shit they're, like, too scared to do now in Western movies because of 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. They'd be like, everybody got out safe. We cleared the city before Godzilla got there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean... Do you want to talk about the 9-11 comparison now? <laughs> if you want, and it's not going to eat up the uh, uh, World War II comparison later. <laughs> yeah, no, I, ju- I just wanted to point out that I find it very interesting that after 9-11, Americans didn't even want to acknowledge or talk about or reference 9-11 at all because it felt uh, weird. And on the contrary, you have the Japanese who are just like getting hit with nuclear bombs and then relatively quickly just decide, yeah, we're going to make movies that are our direct analogy (laughs) to that. For sure. It's a really interesting cultural dynamic that, I mean, this is not like me treading new territory. Obviously people have talked about this a lot, but to set the movie in the time that they did is, I mean, it feels intentional and it probably is, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's just it's it's fascinating to watch as an American. Yeah. As as we know, Godzilla is an artistic way for someone to process uh atrocities done to their land and people and culture. Mm-hmm. And I find it it was either going to go really well or really bad laying the like metaphor on top of the literal thing that inspired it and it came from, and I think they balanced it out really well. And it is kind of interesting. It's very interesting how the West, uh, honestly, like 9-11, we say the West, but 9-11 happened to America. We just kind of imposed a lot of our PTSD onto other people. Um, Yeah, I mean, there were other like smaller, lesser 9-11s that happened in like France and the UK and stuff. But you're right, like the main big atrocity is very centrally American. When you say other 9-11s, do you mean as part of a coordinated attack with that moment? Or did you mean like... I think he means for like other countries, their individual Similar 9/11. things. They had like, yeah, like, totally. you know, subway bombings and stuff absolutely, like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to triple check because it, it seems pretty... Because we are uh, the purveyor of mo- like Hollywood movies, like our country, one of our main exports internationally is the movie industry we kneecapped the idea at a certain point single-handedly that it was okay to destroy buildings a la 9-11 anymore like it's a really weird thing that we imposed on people but anyway yeah it's it's the bigger picture like you said it's super interesting artistically that this culture decided to hit this thing like head on and talk about it in such a direct way um It's also, like, I mean, I don't want to venture into East Asian racism here, but it's interesting, too, because in the West, in America, Japan is sort of perceived as a culture that is very 
you know, about, you know, saving face and, you know, maybe not acknowledging the awkward things that happen and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, it, it seems sort of counterintuitive. Maybe that's why part of why it's so interesting. Agreed. Yeah, it's like we're talking about. I mean, I, I, I did want to clarify that we're talking about Godzilla in general, right? Because Godzilla as a character is like partially created like from in 54, which is like after 10 years after the or not even 10 years after the Hiroshima bombings, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about now. Not this movie. This movie yes, is yes, yes. 70 years after that happened. But yeah. Yeah, I mean it's an, it's inheriting that legacy, but yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. It is yeah approaching a mean... hundred years from when that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we did mean the Godzilla, the creation franchise. of the character and the franchise Godzilla. Um, and and then specifically, we're wrapping it back around to yes, this movie then does come back to have something to say and continue a straightforward dialogue on the horrors of war, the specific war and the specific moment that inspired this art. They drop down in this movie, which there, there's so many layers to the monstrosity and the, and the things uh, laid on people that they had no choice in that changed and devastated their lives and like tears and tears of ways. Um, Yeah. When we get back to this, like the uh, uh, Shikishima, he probably scared and uncertain of what he was doing, uh, leaves this kamikaze run. And now he is again, put in a position where tiny three-story Godzilla shows up. He's the only one who can make it to a high caliber weapon, which is the gun on his plane. And he makes it to the gun holds it in his hands and then can't take the shot and is too afraid to attack Godzilla, which the one mechanic Tachibana who survives wholly blames him for the deaths of everyone on Odo Island because of that. Mm -hmm. And it seems to double down that this man is potentially like a coward and he is, doesn't know what to do when, when, when like when a serious situation falls into his lap i found this really interesting because i think the implication that we're supposed to glean from this is that maybe godzilla could have been killed like pre-radiation godzilla maybe could have actually been killed by a big gun mm-hmm. for know? sure and and it's also interesting because in the first couple scenes you get a scene between shikishima and Tachibana where Tachibana kind of expresses to him, hey man, I wish there was more people like you who questioned this shit because it's kind of bullshit, right? Yeah. And talking about being a kamikaze pilot. Well, I I think he's talking broadly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, about the war in general. Um, And Shikishima's reaction is kind of ambiguous in that moment. Um, And then after he fails to take the shot on Godzilla you kind of realize that it wasn't any principled, ideological, or spiritual, or whatever opposition that he had to the war. In this moment, it's kind of it kind of seems like he was just a coward. Like, mm-hmm. he just didn't want to die. It wasn't that he didn't believe in the war or any of that stuff. Like, we kind of think maybe Tachibana was it, alluding yeah. to. Yeah, it's just that he was scared, and he didn't want to die. Which... 
I, I it would have been, the easy way out would have been to have him be a conscientious uh, objector that didn't agree with the war, and that's why he faked. Because that I mean, we're we're jumping forward. Or, no, we're not. Because in this scene, they they point out like, "Hey, man, your plane is totally fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it." Yeah. So that what was the before hell? This, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he didn't fake that. Yeah, like I said, he didn't fake that out of you know peace loving reasons. It was just cowardice, like that. He was a coward in that moment. Yeah. I think I, it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say when the mechanic did talk to him at one moment after he's like, uh, he's like, my plane's fucked up, and they go, we can't find anything fucked up with your plane. He goes and talks to him like, I originally interpreted that as him trying to trick. Shikishima. I thought he was like, yeah, I understand why you wouldn't want to fight in this. And I, I was waiting for Shikishima to admit it and him be like, I'm calling the police. Motherfucker, you lied. I got you. And as I was like <laughs> certain that was going to happen. I'm so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a really like again right off the bat they kind of set the tone for like how the characters are going to interact in this like they're very complicated characters and they've got depth they're not just simple you know two-dimensional characters right so you can have someone in the japanese army that's saying like yeah this is all like i don't blame you this is all kind of fucking bullshit if you think about it right like i I, maybe i do the same thing in your shoes but then when the godzilla attacks at night and he's sitting in the cockpit they tell him to go you know get to the 50 caliber machine gun or whatever in the plane and he sits there and like he can't bring himself to do it i thought maybe he couldn't do it for several reasons like he was scared to do it number one and number two like if he did do it and he hit godzilla and then didn't kill godzilla he's the next target for godzilla at that moment right like he's gonna get eaten or turned apart or whatever yeah and Godzilla was smushing, I can't remember if this happens before or after that, but like Godzilla was stepping on people, you know, biting people, like just doing everything, you know. He's like a huge Tyrannosaurus Rex at this point. For sure. I I also, it's interesting the vibes we get in quiet moments when things are unsaid. I, I w- my instinct at first was this, because at, at first Godzilla has not hurt anybody. And I was like... He's holding this gun, staring at this, like, honestly, this beautiful animal, like, that no one has ever seen before. And someone's first reaction is to be like, murder it to death. And he's like, I don't know if I can do it. Like, this is a unicorn. And if I'm not mistaken, Godzilla doesn't get violent until one of the soldiers starts shooting at him. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't talk about that. But, like, Godzilla probably was just looking for some, like, bananas or something in the trees. Like, we don't know. Godzilla berries. (laughs) And then he's like, you know, these annoying insect people are firing at me. I'll just go kill them. (laughs) So, like, it is 100% human's fault. It is self-defense entirely. Yeah, and they also talk about that the people of Odo Island know of Godzilla. Yeah. This, you don't see any like native islander people there that are getting terrorized. It's only the Japanese army people that are not supposed to really be there, you know, at that point. They're, yeah, they're there's, the a, there's a bad history about that. Oh, they're dead? That's probably why. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those people on those like strategic military islands were either displaced or worse capital D displaced yeah capital Um, D dead yeah (laughs) and that's I mean that's an undercurrent running through this for me at least is that I mean I was talking again I was talking to Jesse about this at work but like 
you know, there's Shikishima and Tachibana, and then there's other ex-Navy people that show up later in the movie, and, like, these are people who were part of a military that was aligned with the Nazis during World War II, so... I mean, it makes sense that some of them would have reservations about it, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Which, it honestly makes it, like, uncomfortable when Shikishima gets home after this whole incident, and people look at him fucking cross, particularly his neighbor, who ends up being a main character in this movie, is like, oh, I thought you were a kamikaze pilot. Like, how'd you get back here? And they're standing in the rubble of a city (laughs) that everybody assumes wouldn't be that way if people like him did his job. If more people, yeah, like him had... It doesn't it doesn't make logical sense if you like bring it all the way out. It's like, well, that's like like the whole idea of a kamikaze pilot is just like grasping at straws like you're that de- desperate. You don't really have any other answers. So let's just fill up this plane and it's not now it's a flying bomb with a person driving it. And like they're I get why they're like their anger is like surface level to me. Like that's just all they have left because they had just rebels for houses. But for sure, that's yeah. like a, a processing mourning thing. Like, yeah, they're not going to think. Yeah. Like, why do you situation. get to live? You weren't even supposed to live. If anyone's yeah. not supposed to live, it's you. And you came back for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't know how historically accurate this is um, at all, but like they all know about the kamikaze program and they know what that means. They yeah. know that for him to be a kamikaze pilot that survived the war means he fucked up in one way or another mm-hmm. for certain. And like, I'm not, I don't, I'm going to just, this is an overarching Godzilla thought for this whole movie now that we bring it up. But like war is bad War is bad. Um, people are learning that in this movie from all over in every position of life. Uh, whether they're in the military or not, this monster, this like unicorn thing shows up and only attacks the people that try and hurt it. And then it does get mutated like a Godzilla do, but he only hurts people. <laughs> like did Godzilla kill more people than world war two? Like, no, no exactly. Way. I'm like, it's a close second. He's he and and in this <laughs> no, movie, not even he starts off. <laughs> oh, you mean like all of World War Two, or do you just mean in Japan World War Two? I meant all of World War Two to make oh. a caricaturistic point oh. about war. <laughs> I thought you meant Japan. <laughs> Godzilla is this beast created from war that only w- hurts b- the people hurting it. And at a certain point, you can't expect Godzilla to be able to wholly differentiate the Japanese military and the Japanese people. He's like, you're the land in front of the people who are hurting me. And before he even makes land in this movie, the only things he's destroyed are military stuff. Just saying Godzilla maybe was onto something for a minute. there. <laughs> uh, Godzilla said a cat. I, I did want to bring up one thing well, that we didn't talk about. I don't think we talked about it yet, but the title minus one, I was like, I was confused when I saw the trailer and I was like, wait, what does that mean? And, I don't. I can't remember if they talk about it in the movie. I don't think they do. Do they? But like, basically, that means just like Japan is starting after the war, after the devastation from the atomic bombs and the loss of the war. Basically, they're they're not even at a zero. They're at a negative one, like starting level of like, I guess uh, rebuilding. Co- rebuilding. Yeah. yeah, they have so much to to bring themselves back to just a starting base where they can even start to build new stuff. Like they just got destruction everywhere, and that's where the minus one came from. Yeah, we talked about the neighbor. Um, I think her name is Sumiko. 
I don't know. Uh, oh, the neighbor. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oda. She ends up giving her last bag of rice to Shikishima because he ends up meeting up with um, his future wife. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> um, he ends up meeting up with some lady who has adopted a an infant. And she, I mean, she gives this bag of rice to them. As if it is a bag full of gold, essentially. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. they are not in a good way. And I think that's another interesting thing about this movie is they really hammer home how the conventional bombing of Japan was not as bad as the nuclear bombing, but still so horrible. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you take away the long term effects of radiation associated with a like, nuclear bomb, the firebombing and other types of bombing that occurred across Japan were also extremely devastating Mm -hmm. for the civilians, not for the military. I mean, for the military too, but Mm -hmm. I mean, arguably more importantly, the people were extremely fucked by that. Yeah. Which also bears identical fruit with just Godzilla. Like, Mm -hmm. in the canon of this, the American military nuked Godzilla and turned him into a Godzilla. He was just Zilla. Now he's Godzilla. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Very briefly, they they transformed Godzilla into Super Monster in a test. Bikini Bikini Island. Yeah, Yeah, the Bikini Island test. Like, not even a real, you know, neat, quote-unquote, necessary bombing, but just a you know, scientific test. They drop a bomb on Bikini Atoll and Godzilla gets radiated. Yeah. Yeah. He's fucking Wolverine. Now he's also (laughs) Cyclops. He's fucking. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dude. Godzilla in this movie's fucking metal as fuck. I almost forgot about that part. He has the X factor and also heat breath after that. He has really the A through X factor here in this movie. For sure. Yeah. Dude, when... So, yeah, Shikishima, like like you were saying, in this this fucking bombed-out new town, crazily, a woman just, like, walks up and throws a baby in his arms. And is like, see you later. Don't lose the baby. This is yours Uh, now. Yep. And they end up meeting back up and learning each other's life story. And this is a woman whose parents herself, them, like, died in the war from the war, not in the war from the war. And this baby's family also died from the war. And so she's like, yeah, it's not my kid, but who the fuck else is going to take care of it? And she is also unhoused and Shikishima can't help, but to at the beginning do as little as possible for them, which is let them sleep in his house. And then he, along with a lot of other people in this learn that people aren't one dimensional, like that you should care about people and care for people and he can't kick her and the baby out. And that's the same as you're bringing up when Auntie Sumiko shows up and is like, dude, I hate you. I blame you for deaths from the war, but I am don't blame this baby. And like, I'm not going to let this baby suffer to spite you and gives like seemingly some of the last of her solid food away so they can make a gruel the baby can nurse on because they can't even get milk. Mm-hmm. Can, can I briefly interject on that? No. Okay. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> they call it rice gruel, and I'm, I mean, I don't speak fluent Japanese, but I do watch a lot of anime. I'm pretty sure they were just referring to rice porridge, which 
Gruel has the implication or the connotation of bad prison slash orphanage food. Rice 100%. porridge is is an actual food. It's not like <laughs> you're right. You're right. I also it's, thought it was it, a, a little real... weird. I think maybe 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 in Japan the term for gruel like rice gruel is just not. It's just like interchangeable with porridge because it is the same thing, right? I mean, like the yeah. connotations of gruel are worse. Like this is a grosser meal than yeah. porridge. Porridge is like I'm having a little porridge day, you know, like yeah. shit like that. But they're essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, fuck that baby. Um, w- uh, fighting with his survivor's guilt, he and the starvation of a child and himself. Yeah, he goes out and takes the one job he can get, which mm-hmm. is in a boat being a minesweeper. Which, wow, it's nothing like that game, number one. And it's yeah. scary as fuck. I love it, the that, boat part. That's of also that. real, as far as I know. Like that, logistically, that is exactly how they did it. That's sure. what you'd want. Yeah, I mean, it's like so when you see the boat and you, you see uh, his reaction, where he's like, "This old fucking wooden busted ass boat." That's what we're going to be sailing on. And you're like, "Yeah, well, man." I think mines it's funny attracted that, to metal. <laughs> yeah, the military markets it as this boat is specially designed to avoid mines, and yeah. then when he shows up, it turns out. What that means is it's made of <laughs> wood, not metal. Because it's, we found a wooden boat. <laughs> most of the mines will blow up any ship, but the worst ones only blow up metal ships. So this one's wood. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yup. And uh, this is when we meet the rest of the main cast of this movie. Uh, Captain of the Shinche Maru, uh, Yoji. I don't. The, here's the thing: is don't. People in Japan usually go by their last names. Well, they don't. I mean, it's just reversed. They just. Oh, okay. He, okay. 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 But here's the thing. I think I, I, and again, don't get mad at me. I think the Wikipedia might be reversing the names. Yes, it is. The Wikipedia speaks about them using the second word in their printed name. When, yeah. Which makes me think they're listing the name as. Like in the American or Western way, for sure. I don't know. So yeah, I after I I have notes and the wiki, and I'm like, what? I don't remember how they, they speak about him in the movie. I think it's because Ko- I remember them saying Koichi a bunch. I don't remember them saying Shikashima a whole bunch. Yeah, cool. So Koichi gets to his new job, and we meet three bangers: uh, Yoji, the ship captain; Kenji, the fucking nerd; and Shiro, the young blood, the naive, sweet, sweet baby lamb idiot. And we we have a, like a little bonding experience here, but it really pops the fuck off when they are specifically contracted by the government to try and uh, slow down Godzilla as he heads towards Japan. Mm-hmm. And this is our first on the boat, the first time they see Godzilla, right? As an adult. Well, first time he sees him since the island. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I forgot is... Um... The other guy is not on this boat, is he? The guy from the island? No, no, no. We have to track him down later in a really fucked up way. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay. But uh, so Godzilla, after getting, I mean, Zilla, after getting nuked, turns into Godzilla, fucks up a bunch of U.S. warships, and then is heading for Japan. And that's when they're like, uh, we're just hiring anyone to slow them down because we're not sure what the fuck we're doing yet. And as our ragtag, like, Lupin the Third level anime group of protagonists 
figure out the only thing they can do. They try and make Godzilla eat a mine, which is oh, fucking yes, awesome. I, do you know yeah. my problem with the Godzilla movies is I never want him to get hurt or die. <laughs> Patrick, if so I get sad, problem, I get sad because that's the main point of the actors in, or the protagonist in the movie is like to kill Godzilla. I'm like, oh, but you really, maybe you want to miss just a little bit, you know? Dude, that's, yeah, that's the tragic aspect of Godzilla is that, he's, I mean, he's you, just Godzilla. You understand just Godzilla? Yeah. yeah. Godzilla's just Godzilla in, but also these people are trying to live, you know? Dude, my, you guys are validating me right now very, very deeply. Um, when I was a little boy, I saw that Godzilla 2000 movie and my dad tells this story to like someone every year of my life where I was watching that movie with him. And when they started trying to murder Godzilla, I started crying. And my dad was like, <laughs> why are you crying? And I was like, I don't want them to m- kill Godzilla. He didn't do anything. Uh, and now I'm 32 talking to my 30 year old friends and my best bud Patrick lets me know I wasn't insane no you don't want godzilla to die Mm -mm. no way it doesn't feel good i will Um, say if i saw this behind me in a boat in my wooden minesweeper boat (laughs) (laughs) i uh i might be like okay no just kidding we gotta kill godzilla guys here you go yeah that's what i'm saying is you can kind of understand both sides (laughs) and I, I glossed over it, but man, we got to watch Godzilla take out some American warships, and I think that's the one Ooh. where he like belly flops on top of one. Is that not? I don't remember how he gets rid of that first one. I thought he chomped it, but uh, I can't. There, remember. I, there was definitely a big fat chomp for sure. I like seeing Godzilla come well, out of the water at all. So the first mine hits him in his back spikes because his face is not out of the water yet. Mm-hmm. And it hits him in the back, and it basically does nothing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember how he kills the warships? Is that the heat ray? Might have been our first heat ray. Actually, the, the heat the heat yeah. ray does show up in this. Well, uh, yeah, he he pops off with the heat ray, but he also like takes a big chomp out of the middle of it. Okay. The attacking that he does like levels up progressively and gets sicker and sicker and sicker as the movie goes on, but. I can't remember every attack in the movie because I saw it like two weeks ago. Um, and also, like, we should say they were buying time for this battleship to arrive from Singapore. Mm-hmm. And it shows up and gets immediately bodied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dude, just like wipe the fuck out. And this is when we learn that Godzilla has the X Factor. Like, they get Godzilla to eat a fucking mine and blow off like an eye socket and a quarter mm-hmm. of the rest of his fucking face. And yeah, like was, his mouth part. Oh, he, yeah. he got like Gus Fringed from Breaking Bad is what happened. Yes. Like half his face blows off. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and they uh, think, and then they think they're in the clear. <laughs> like, yeah. And then it grows the fuck back. Like quick, like dude. Oh my God. God yeah, and also the fresh, flesh looks different and so that scar stays with him throughout the movie and i that's one of my other favorite parts of this movie is that all the battle damage from godzilla remains to where by the end of the movie he is noticeably different looking because of all of the weird like mutated flesh that has regrown on him 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. He gets like more and more uh, like disgusting and vile and scary looking. Uh, also in this movie, when Godzilla uses his heat breath, it is so violent and powerful. It burns his face and like parts of his body when he's using it. That's fucking metal. And also I didn't notice that part. Oh yeah, it's good. It's I knew like, I noticed the the back spike things that go like chunk 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 chunk. Oh thing. yes, those uh, turkey turkey timers. Those are fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. And pink pink beam was that? Wait, was this? No, blue beam. Yeah, I think blue it was beam. blue beam. Yeah. There's another good p- pink beam I'm getting mixed up with from fucking Shin Godzilla. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mind sweeping, slowing down Godzilla. That definitely doesn't fucking work. Uh, and then that's when he hits the city. Uh, he gets in the district of Noriko. And the, at first, he he hits the city isn't more it, than once. Ginza? Ginza. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Noriko is fucking uh, uh, the, the, the not girlfriend who works there. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His best friend slash roommate. Yeah, definitely not not crushing on his hot, hot roommate. Uh, he doesn't yes, act man. like it, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He, he is, is a gentleman about it, except for when he wakes up with nightmares and buries himself in her lap. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, there's nothing wrong. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. So I forgot to bring this up at the start, but uh, I saw this movie in 4K or 4DX. Oh, my God. I'm never doing that again. Um, did they blast you with heat? I wish, bro. I did get wet as fuck, though. Really? Yeah. They put water on you? Oh, like a lot. Like, my girlfriend turned hers off, and there was so much coming out of mine, she was still getting wet. from Like, that sprays <laughs> you? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Like, any scene where you're in the boat, and, like, the boat is just, like, flying around in the waves, it's just, like, spraying you from the beginning of the movie. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh. so glad you didn't tell me about this at work, because that's so fucking cool. Dude, what's weird is a couple parts of it were cool. Like if if it if it was used exceptionally sparingly, a couple parts where the boat's like freaking out and you're getting wet and there's not like deep emotional dialogue to pay attention to, that's when it elevates it. But the problem so, what's up? Were you were you getting cold in the movie because you were wet? No, I knew that was going to come, so I wore a jacket the whole movie. Uh, like a hoodie. <laughs> you just got tarantula. Like, what if you watch the, the Avatar 2, The Way of Water? Is it just like you wear a swimsuit to that movie? <laughs> <Swimsuit>. <laughs> I hope so. Um, a lot of weird effects happened. I don't know if that movie theater was like... Some parts of it, I'm like, how is... I saw the fog machine working at times and was like, it is not filling the room up with fog at all. It just looks like it's shooting out of a tiny corner of the room. It was very weird. weird. Godzilla Uh, has fog breath. And when guns shoot off, like a side of the theater would light up with like muzzle flashes, but it would only do it for like a couple of them. And so it was like, they're surely trying to not give somebody a seizure, but don't do it at all. If you're not going to do it with all the muzzle flashes, it's like worse that way. That's weird. Uh, But, uh, the one thing that did get me and my girlfriend, when he is on Odo Island for the first time, he like grabs a, like a vehicle or something and like throws it. Uh, Oh no, wait the first time I think it's when he eats a dude whole 
he like comes down and is going to spaghetti noodle this fool into his mouth and the seat bites you in the back the second he kills that dude what the hell movie theater is this this is me and my girl fucking jumped it was so scary the first time oh my god they did it a couple other times in the movie not too many but the first one is like wow that was a I didn't know the chair could do that. It felt like a giant, like, mitten hand came out from the back of the seat and, like, pinched me. Like a huge, huge, huge one. Uh, Like, it was like my whole back. And I, (laughs) I'll never have that experience ever again. I've been deflowered. This says, see, feel, and even smell your favorite movies. And I'm like, wait a minute. Smell? (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah, it did smell like Godzilla's taint the whole movie, which is a lot of sea foam, water, and musk. But you get over it. A little bit of ozone, maybe. Yeah, when he does the breath. They just, like, likely (laughs) uh, radiate everybody. They just turn on some microwaves with the doors open. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Uh... Let's see. Shook me around real bad. I think the only part worth mentioning really is that bite after. Oh, oh yeah, no. The main the main thesis of this that I like of my my essay from this experiment. This movie is too serious. This movie is dramatic and thoughtful oh, yeah. and quiet and has like real shit going on and like you can't be on a roller coaster and get shook the fuck around and like sprayed in your face yeah. and you're just like whiplash left and right and then it's quiet this no is not a shenanigan music. movie yeah dude i i made such a mistake <laughs> i also <laughs> yelled at the entire theater oh, at the man. end of the movie for talking oh, right yeah and that's why this memory kicked in is because we have a scene where he wakes up with ptsd nightmares and he's talking to his definitely not girlfriend he's not crushing on and she's like, dude, please, we're best friends. Just tell me what is happening. And he turns to her all dramatic. And he's like, I, and he's about to be like, I have nightmares from the war and guilt. And, but he just stops and he goes, I, and two different people in two different parts of the theater both went, am gay. <laughs> Oh, no. I think he even says, I am. That was what it is. He says, I am, and then pause, and two different groups of people went gay in the middle of the movie. And I'm like, I can't. I'm going to strangle you all with my bare hands. Nonetheless, people were like whispering during all the quiet parts, and I'm just like, you. it should be a crime, and you should go to jail. I I, This is I don't yeah, I, I don't normally believe in the death penalty, but <laughs> for the two guys for the two guys that said gay during that part, I would consider it. Thank you. I, Jesus I hate Christ. every noise. I hate every noise that comes out of human beings at a movie theater that I'm watching with, and every smell. I hate everything, and I get so yeah. irritable. Yeah, it's bad. We sh- yeah, we should all. Their whole point is, I I shouldn't even know you're there. But the only yeah. the only times I should know you're there is when we are laughing together or gasping together, which yeah. honestly, this is a weird metaphor for the the whole like life experience. I don't want to dissect, but y'all could be contributing mildly by behaving yourself and enhance this experience for everyone, or you can be a piece of shit and ruin it for everybody. Yeah, laughing like, is in the only theater. thing that yeah yeah. I would love to hear you gasp with me. That is exhilarating. We could bond as humans in this experience of art together. Yeah, or like as you brought up gasping, like as a horror movie, you know, aficionado, 
when I'm in, when I'm watching a horror movie in the in the theaters and someone goes huh! <laughs> like that adds to the experience 100 percent for I, sure. I was gonna say like laughing because there's times when I've watched the movie and I'm like I hear people laughing like a lot of people laughing apart I'm like oh that's like funnier than I like I think it's a little bit funny but some people are like really laughing and I'm like oh it makes the movie like completely different where you're like oh this isn't as serious as I thought it is like this can actually be taken like in a really f- comical way and I like that I agree and I, I think that even about comedy stuff where sometimes a joke will happen and I'm like I, they're for different reasons. I'm like, oh, maybe that wasn't that funny. I didn't think it was that funny. It was low hanging fruit. And then like half the theater starts laughing after yeah. that. And I'm like, immediately recalibrate my brain and go like, I must have been too tough on that joke. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That's a banger. Or, yeah. Or hearing little kids laugh at shit that you don't laugh at. That's yeah. one of the sweetest joys of life is a well-behaved kid in a movie and me getting to hear the shit he laughs at that nobody else laughs at. Because mm-hmm. other people laughing will set me off. Like I... Mm-hmm. It'll be like me and one other fu- like chuckle fuck in the theater, and we can go back and forth off each other for a minute if a good joke pops that nobody else laughed at. Mm-hmm. But you're making me realize, Jesse, that I actually had a pretty good crowd for my viewing because during the dramatic parts, it was so quiet you could hear a needle drop. Like people, I think the the people that I was watching this with really were into it and just experiencing it the way I was. That was the same as my movie theater for the most part because I saw it on the Thursday before it came, the Thursday day it came out, whatever that was. Yeah. So it was um, the hardcore fans, you know, were there to see it, you know. So it kind of helps. It's like it sucks if you see this movie and it's been out three weeks, then it's a mixed bag of who's going to be there, you know. For sure, dude. Forty X tickets are like twenty seven bucks a piece after taxes and stuff. And I was like, a movie with subtitles and an expensive ticket. I That's bet people crazy. will behave. Yeah. Oh man. That's or I at least was like, reading subtitles doesn't give you a lot of opportunity to be talking. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, people will behave. This will be good. Uh, I was slowly boiling with rage because people were like <laughs> murmuring every quiet part of the movie. Uh, but I was just like high enough that I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm sensitive about stuff like that. So I was like, maybe I'm just being sensitive. And after the 20th time it happened, I didn't know it was the end of the movie, but apparently it was the end of the movie. And we're at like the hospital scene and something like serious happens. And I hear this dude behind me talking that I've heard talk like seven times. Oh no. And dude, I didn't even know. I was like, I wasn't in my body. I didn't know I did it till I finished doing it. But I turned around (laughs) to this guy and was like, could you shut the fuck up for 20 seconds? Jesus Christ. And then I turned back around and then the movie ended. And like the minus one logo came up on the screen. It's good times. Uh, I haven't done that ever. Um, I've shushed people pretty loud at the Alamo before, but never yelled at somebody. Uh, but I had somebody thank me after the movie finished. Uh, so then I loudly talked shit about everybody in the theater as they left. They're like, thank you for saying something so I didn't have to murder that person. Yeah, he was like, you're just saying what everybody else was thinking. And then I just loudly at the front of the theater, basically, by the exit doors, was like, yeah, everybody in this theater should be fucking embarrassed. Like, they're not adults and they should know better. Like, this is... And uh, that's what happens when I'm petty. I don't know. <laughs> Here's a here's a peek into my personal life. Um, okay, my chair's done chomping me. Godzilla has destroyed the the town of Ginza, and where are we at? Because uh, there's there's two main city attacks. 
Well, Nor- Noriko is dead. Noriko gets killed. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was this one or the next one. So yeah, major blast through the city. She pushes our main boy, Koichi, to safety and then is blown away in a fucking hurricane of rubble and could not possibly have lived through it. Uh, Let's see. Now the government won't do anything about the Godzilla and a bunch of decommissioned men who have worked on Navy ships have like a secret meeting to see if they can devise a plan to destroy Godzilla. Yeah. And I want to point out like really briefly that the whole impotence for this is that like the U S is forcing the Japanese to demilitarize because you know they allied with the Nazis and blah blah blah, but also will not help them defeat Godzilla because if they fight Godzilla, that might be interpreted as you know a threat against the Soviets. So I guess you guys are on your own, and so that's why a bunch of former Navy guys who are now just civilians have to be like. Well, I guess we know how to work the boats, and there's only four boats left because all the other ones are decommissioned. Uh, so we have to save the world, apparently. Yeah, it's fucking bananas. Like you really feel for these a lot of these people. Like, a, a, it's what's interesting is how not black and white this is because we've already spoken at length about that, but there are people from all different walks of life that were in the war, whether willingly or unwillingly, but have been through one of the worst tragedies that has ever happened on the planet and are now trying to learn how to rebound from that and like not let the same mistakes happen. But while you're they're doing that, as you said, they're being kept down in so many different ways. And with the only resources they have at hand, they with uh, our ner- we haven't we didn't we didn't dive too deep into the three musketeers on this boat with uh, Koichi, but we have a commanding like anime level performance from the captain of this ship and our our nerdy boy with the salt and pepper hair who we later learn was like a real fucking big deal nerd uh, with the military during the war has grabbed one captain that he trusts from the military and put together the secret meeting where he's like, I got an idea on how we could take down Godzilla. And that's when we learned real smart. Yeah. He seems. Yeah. I wish, I wish I could have a picture of him up while you're listening to the podcast right now. Cause he's the best nerd. All the main characters of this show are like the perfect balance of caricaturistic and relatable human being. And our nerdy nerd nerd boy, oh, he's so good. And he's not like super meek. He doesn't drive that part home where he's just like the most beta male motherfucker on the planet. But he does explain my favorite piece of lore from this movie, I think, which is how Godzilla stands up in water. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm very buoyant. Yes. I wanted to talk about so we're talking about the the actors. Like I didn't realize that the the main actor in this movie, the I don't know Kiki? how to say his the uh, Kamiki or Ryunosuke Kamiki. Are you talking about real people names now? Yeah, he plays okay. uh, he plays Shish- Shishishima. Shikishima. <laughs> Shikishima. <laughs> it's okay. We didn't practice these names beforehand. That's the first time I've ever said those words yeah. in my entire <laughs> life. Um but I didn't know it says on his Wikipedia page, he's considered a child prodigy who's been in the industry for 25 years. This man is 30 years old. 
<laughs> like he has been in a lot of stuff and then including a ton of the um Miyazaki movies. Like the anime. Oh. I had no idea. Wow. Well, that, might, that might come up later. Wow. Um yeah, I the crew is so interesting. Um the the doctor guy I found particularly interesting because he is really a slow roll. You know, at first mm. he just seems like a regular kind of like maybe engineer or something that worked for the military. But then he starts hatching all these plots and you're like, oh, wow, he's a real deal scientist, you know? Yeah. And we get a little glimpse where he was like, I think he says something about working like for the military when we first meet him when Koichi is like, yeah, I'm a kamikaze pilot. And when as soon as you say that to people, they're immediately like, oh, I know what happened. You don't mm-hmm. have to say it. You should fuck be here right now. And mm-hmm. the other guy's like, yeah, I got my cross to bear. And uh, he, you're right. It's a slow roll. But then he comes in clutch as fuck at the end with the most truly nerdy plan to take down Godzilla, which is to use Mother Earth. Earth. I've said the word Earth before. Mother <laughs> Earth against Godzilla. Yeah. He's a science. Sci- yeah, he Bill Nye the science guy's the fuck out of Godzilla. And uh apparently, man, if you get uh you make little bubbles of freon, you can uh, change the buoyancy of an object. So much so they're trying to dump him tens of thousands no, thousands of feet, tens of thousands of feet. Thousands of kilometers, actually. Oh, I you. wanted to correct Patrick earlier when he said 50 cal, because what he meant was 20 millimeter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot this is a <laughs> Japanese plane. <laughs> is 50 millimeters bigger than the 50? I have a 50 caliber bullet right here, actually. This is how big Okay. Are. That's they're, wild. They're actually, like, almost... That's fucking huge. Like, imagine these just, like... You know, punching holes, I, exploding your body like that's. I think good. I think twenty millimeter is like the equivalent of that, but I would have to do the math to check. Holy we'll we'll, we'll put it up on our patri- Patreon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we get around to doing that, we'll put it up. <laughs> I'm gonna put actually do up up dick pics up next to that fifty cal bullet on our OnlyFans. Only only see. Godzilla only Godzilla dick pics though. <laughs> only Godzilla. But yeah, I mean, essentially their plan is to create a atmosphere of bubbles of freon around the godzilla so that he sinks as if he were in air and not in water yeah and they're like the the pressure from the ocean that deep would have to kill him and they and then he's like and even if somehow that didn't kill him if we yank him back up to the surface without time for him to decompress he would die from the fucking Bubbles in his blood, yeah. Yeah. His blood. (laughs) He said that wrong. I thought also, I thought the other reason was that he'll be frozen at the bottom. Like, I don't think he said that, but I was like, and he'll be fucking frozen if he goes deep enough, you know? Like, it's super, super cold down there. Yeah, which does happen. Remember? It does happen, but he didn't, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they chose to have that happen later is like, and option three, or option three enters the game, you know, whatever. Two yeah, B, he gonna be frozen. <laughs> yeah, so he'll be crushed, and if not crushed, he will be explosively decompressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's, just, it's such a brilliant plan. Like this, I love this movie because it has stuff in it that like I've never seen this before. I've never seen anything like this in a movie before. Like that's Dude, real, so super cool. 
This is so weird and random, and I do apologize, but, like, I know this is fiction, but what this made me think was, why did the fucking shitty U.S. government go out of its way to do Operation Paperclip and recruit a bunch of Nazi scientists when there was a bunch of Japanese scientists just sitting there, just waiting to be recruited? I mean, come on. I don't know what Operation Paperclip is. So Basically, the U.S. government hired a bunch of, like, ex-Nazis to, you know, run the the nuclear program and the space program and all these other, like, oh. government-funded science scientific ventures. I thought that's because yeah. they were pioneered that technology. That's what I thought. Like, the Germans did. I mean, yeah, but also I'm or saying, Or they were the like, furthest along at that point, I guess. I mean... Kind of, but yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I I assumed uh, with no literal knowledge at all that also the reason they would have they would have taken those scientists is exclusively to learn things that they gained knowledge from by doing horrible things against all human law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was well, why. <laughs> yeah, that is why because the U.S. government is horrible. Also, yes. cultural racism against the Japanese and just That's- Asians in general. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is anyone still listening? Okay. <laughs> we're, still, we're, still, we're still like halfway this done. This is gold, Patrick. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love all this stuff. <laughs> Honestly, half of this movie is was just me drooling or talking about this movie is me drooling over how cool this depiction of Godzilla is. Like, oh, the adult. Yeah. Ad- yes, adult Godzilla. Many, many, oh, many dude. stories, Godzilla. In, we're, I mean, we're so long at this point. I've passed caring, I guess. But there's a scene where he's <laughs> holding up the subway that Noriko is oh, on. Oh, yeah. And it's like hanging out of his mouth like a piece of spaghetti. Like a sub. <laughs> it is so cool. Yeah, dude. And I can't believe she lived through that. No, she died. Not from the train part, though. She. Oh, yeah. Oh, she yeah. dies right here. I just meant like she lived through the spaghetti train in his mouth to die after that. But Godzilla pops off with a badass fucking heat ray again in the middle of this giant fight because they drag him to the bottle of fucking ocean and he comes back up and thaws the fuck out and starts going to town on motherfuckers. That's uh, when we realize there was a plan D all along. Mm-hmm. Our main man, Koichi, working with Oh, dude, this is, yeah, we skipped over him find, oh, man, there's, he has this sick-ass military plane, like a super prototype model of this super fast military plane that they were like, I don't even know, think they got to use it. And he's like, we're going to use this plane, and I'm, I'm, there's, well, there's only, like, a couple people that could even fix this plane up, and he demands it's the one living mechanic from Odo Island. Mm-hmm. With, which nobody knows where he is and they can't track him down. Mm-hmm. And the way they do that is by him slandering his name and posting it all over his hometown. <laughs> like, it's such a genius method, right? Yes. Yeah. He basically, he basically is like, Hey, all of Tachibana's friends turns out everybody on Odo Island because t- died because Tachibana is a piece of shit who, <laughs> who failed to do his duty when I'm actually the one who did that. Yes. And uh, wouldn't you know it, that actually does get him out of hiding to come back, fix the plane, and install extra bombs on the plane. Because, 
you know, the scientist guy has this whole plan of like, we're going to sink Godzilla and then float him back to the surface using these really scientific flotation devices. But Shikishima has, uh, like Jesse said, plan C slash D, which is I'm going to fly the plane into his mouth and blow it up. Mm hmm. Yes. I'm going to do my original kamikaze mission, uh, only this time I'm going to actually do it. Yes. Yeah. It's, and, that, and that is what goes down. Godzilla enraged from getting sunk and not truly exploded starts going to fucking town, starts heat raying all of the fucking boats with his giant spikes turkey timer popping all the way up his back until he massacres motherfuckers and now we're at like scarred up fucked up uh like i can't think of the like the borderline tumorous scales on this fucking godzilla um and shikishima flies the plane directly into his mouth and he starts to like swallow it and it explodes and his head blows the fuck off uh, can I? Can I? Yeah, we need to. We need to back. Quick. Can we back up? Please. I, I, okay. I'm going to back up a little bit, and then okay. hopefully you can riff riff off of this, Patrick. But none of the okay. So these three guys on the ship. There's one young dude who didn't fight in the war. There's one naval captain or ex naval captain who I think they say did fight in the war, and then there's the the science guy who also didn't fight in the war but contributed. Yes. They sort of portray these three guys, these three musketeers, as Jesse stated it, as kind of like single dudes going their own way. And them, along with Shikishima and Noriko and Akiko, who is the baby, they sort of form this like family unit that is very wholesome throughout the entire film. Like there's multiple scenes of all of them having dinner together. And then after Noriko dies dies there's a scene of you know just just the dudes and akiko and the the auntie um shuriko they 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 form this nice little unit and the whole time there's this like dimension of the three guys are like really excited for him in a way where they're saying like yeah you have a wife and a daughter and this whole family going on like you should be so happy you know what i mean Mm. And he's like, no, 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 that's not my daughter. That's not my wife. None of that is true. Blah, blah, blah. And it, the very human element underlying all of this is he doesn't feel worthy of any of that. He doesn't feel like he has earned any of that affection or any of that community or any of that. Mm-hmm. And that dynamic is is going into the final fight because none of his bros know that he has this secret sub plan of kamikazeing, right? Yes. Mm. They they think he's just distracting Godzilla and helping to draw Godzilla into the trench right. that he can be sunk into. Yeah. And it's not until the final fight commences that they realize, oh, he's not responding on the radio. I think he's like up to something. You know, mm-hmm. so he has this whole new family that is very invested in his survival towards the end. And who's and who's the uh, what's the name of the the naval the naval air tech guy? Is it Tachibana? Right? Yeah, yeah, t- yeah. Tachibana. Tachibana. Yeah. So he when he's with him in the hangar going over the, like how to fly the plane or like the features of the plane that he maybe is unfamiliar with. 
Um, and he talks to him. He shows like, you know, him, here's, here's the, how you arm or release the bomb, whatever it was. I forgot. And then, um, and then he says like, I want to show you this thing over here. And then it kind of backs up and pans away and you don't get to hear what they're saying or what exactly he's showing him. But we're going to talk about what happens next. So I just wanted to put that in there because that was pretty important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I wish we had a whole other podcast just to talk about the metaphor of this movie, but we don't, <laughs> but it's, it's this, this is a man that has such like severe PTSD from this war and he doesn't know his like purpose in life or like, he's still so young. He is learning what it is to be human still. And along this path, this war continues to haunt him. And not until he really, experiences the most life has to offer in like connection with humanity and like struggling to overcome and supporting other people and being selfless and not just being about himself. Does he finally find the motivation and the strength to sacrifice himself or even like think about doing things like that? And Godzilla as this like physical manifestation of the horrors that humans like wage against one another and even though like we said the war is over we have godzilla here as this there he can't be dead there's this like constant eventuality i'm I'm assuming they're gonna make another one of these movies but he's just this constant reminder of like the greatest mistakes that man has ever done and Patrick was teeing up for this but we we learn as this last resort plays out that our boy Koichi has an ejector seat in this fancy, crazy fucking prototype plane. And mm-hmm. at the last second, when everyone he loves thinks he's dead, he fucking bam shows the fuck back up. Koichi yeah. number one, baby. And that was so like impactful for me because Tachibana basically tells him like, you don't have to die. You don't have to die to do your duty. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is another thread that goes throughout the movie that uh, the scientist guy talks about a lot too, which is our government has not placed enough value on life. Yeah. Like there is a problem in our establishment, in our political establishment where they don't see human life as worth protecting. And that's mm-hmm. a problem. That's a huge problem. And so Tachibana tells him like, you can redeem yourself without dying, dude. Like I put an ejector seat in here for a reason. <laughs> So don't die. Please live. It's just extra sweet and thoughtful because this man has lived his life blaming Koichi for all these human deaths. And like, by the time he sees him again, considers him an enemy and doesn't want to help. But when push comes to shove, he like learns to respect this person that he kind of hated and does this really magical thing that reinforces what you were saying, which is that life is precious and valuable and that we shouldn't have to give it up to like protect the ones we love. And then yeah, yeah, the, the ejection seat itself or the seat itself has it written ejection in German on the seat. So it's like the Takshibana installed like a German seat in this Japanese plane that they yeah. that they made that's like the big deal that uh, that I got from it is like this technology exists and Japan doesn't use it. Yes, totally. Totally. And it is I didn't notice it was in German, which is another interesting layer of like using things that come from potentially a bad place to do good. 
or like repurposing something that was put like made for war or whatever. Yeah, it's like who cares if the Nazis made it? It's I mean, these save are their, their allies. Life. These are literally their allies in this war. <laughs> They're not yeah. even sharing this shit, which is fucking crazy. Uh, I also yeah. found out that that plane they made a one-one scale replica of that specific plane, and there was only one that exists still before they made that replica. And oh, it was the Smithsonian a, one. It was in a National Air and Space. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, National Air and Space Museum. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I was don't want to say this backwards. Cause that the okay. She partly realized through the construction of the replica of which only a single example exists. Okay, yeah. They donated that replica. I'm trying to make sure I say this right. Was cause it says following the following so the completion good. of shooting, the replica was transported and put on display. Um Oh man, I'm I'm now now I'm conf- okay. So there was one at the National Air and Space Museum. They used that to make a one-one scale replica and then donated it to a memorial museum in Fukuoka, and then didn't tell them who it was from until after the movie came out. That's interesting. Hmm. Okay, I I got it backwards. I thought the one at the National Air and Space Museum was the one they built and donated, and I, I almost just said that very hmm. backwards. You're not allowed to lie on a podcast. It's illegal. And, and, yeah. and real quickly, I just want to say, like, in almost any other movie, I would be critical of this, like, thing where the entire premise is the protagonist is going to sacrifice themselves and then they end up surviving due to some off-screen thing. But because it was a thread throughout the entire movie of human life having value, mm-hmm. it extremely worked for me. Yeah. And I was so happy when I learned that Tachibana, because that's the ultimate forgiveness, you know, like when Jess, when Jesse was saying it, this is the man who he has to earn forgiveness from and he gets it. It's so great. And, and it's the whole, yeah, but like, I think you probably said this earlier, but like the whole point of this is like, you want to be like, your life has meaning. It's, it's it's dying for dying in a war is not a noble cause. Most of the, I think almost 99, I'm going to say hundred percent of the time. It's not really a noble cause to die in a war for this kind of shit. And like to choose life at this point, you know, I mean, they're fighting a gigantic monster. So it's like a little bit different, but like to choose life, uh, it just is like really such a good ending to this movie for the, for like all the death that had happened up to this point. Absolutely. And, on top of that, like you were saying, the, the three musketeers are supportive and loving, and they also make Koichi or yeah, uh, like realize that he does love Noriko. And mm-hmm. only too late, like, does he realize that and he loses her. And the last thing we see in the movie is this note show up while they're like celebrating their victory after this battle. And he unfolds the note and then immediately leaves and finds out that Noriko is alive in the hospital. And they've been oh, looking man. for him and she was in like critical condition. Yes, yeah, so I teared up. I teared up. He grabs his man. baby. Oh, me too, man. I was going to say, like, yeah, he grabs the baby. And I, I kind of know where it's going at this point because I'm a seasoned movie watcher. And he's he has Akiko in his arms. He's running up the stairs of the hospital. I know what's about to happen. And the first thing that she says to him, if I'm not mistaken, is, is your war finally over? Mm -hmm. And this is a thing that he said to her earlier in the movie when she overheard overheard him talking about how he didn't want to marry her. And we know that's because he feels unworthy of that, but she doesn't know that. And so his explanation to her is, 
you know, I can't, I can't want you. I can't desire you. I can't marry you because my war isn't over yet. So when she says, is your war over finally? And he says, yes. Oh, baby. I mean, the the theater was dead silent. And I, I'm not a Jesse who cries easily at things, but my, I, I, I wasn't full on crying, but my eyes were watering up. I was, <laughs> I was wiping my eyelids. I was looking around the theater and the couple next to me were, embracing in a very like cute and romantic way <laughs> yeah. and i was like yeah this is this is that good cinema shit this is why oh, we yeah. make movies oh yeah and now we're back with mommy everything's going good i yelled at some people and and then we see uh i don't remember this because i was yelling at people so you tell me that this wikipedia entry is correct uh we see a chunk of godzilla's flesh begin to regenerate as it sinks into the ocean yeah yeah, that's you, correct. Yeah, you see, um, well, you said you don't remember this? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure oh. that's when I turned around and immediately yelled at someone because oh, they were talking yeah. in the middle of me, like crying at the hospital scene. Yeah, you see, like, pieces of Godzilla bits come together, and then you're like, oh, okay, sequel's coming. Sequel's coming, yes. baby. Yes. <laughs> or just, you know, Godzilla lives. That's the main point. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Godzilla's oh. Adams chose life also. <laughs> I like in this movie, they use like they, them pronouns for Godzilla. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if that's just like a Japanese language thing that I don't understand. Like, no, maybe- Godzilla's canonically non-binary. <laughs> He's gender non-conforming. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla's a one of one. It's like, can be everything. They, them, and sometimes <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's this fucking movie. If you haven't watched this movie, I don't know why you listen to the podcast, but you should go immediately watch this movie. And oh, if you have seen this yeah. movie, you should go and see it again. Mm-hmm. Let the vote with your dollars is not a thing I advocate for all the time, but when it's a small thing, you got to let people know you support it so we can get more stuff like this. I can't, I wonder what the budget's going to be for the next one of these. Fuck. This, this just proves like, you know, money can't buy you a good story. Like this is, you got to have a story down, man. Like, I want to actually take that back. That actually sounds bad. You do have to pay your writers. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. It's just that there's like a diminishing returns on like, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I do know what you're saying. Don't go see shitty movies. See like these awesome movies that people usually don't see. Diminishing returns is an accurate way to put it because a $200 million movie is not twice as good as a $100 million movie. In fact, it's, at best, like five percent better. For sure, it's usually not better. <laughs> yeah, it's typically a band aid that they are throwing money at to cover up for something mid and mediocre that they did. When we're yeah. ever talking about wasting money, it's not going to writers. Uh, yeah, the CG benefit, the CG uh, houses or whatever, they're like costing all the sure. money and like just not really delivering on story usually. Yeah, stop taking advantage of all the people that make all the parts of the movie besides the actors and the executives, you fucks. Mm. Jesus. And I'm calling you fucks, our fans. I know it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kidding. Go see Godzilla. Uh, We're here to the... We're going to rate and review this motherfucker. Patrick, give me me a 7 out of 7. Good, weird, great. What did you think about Minus One, the Godzilla story? This is the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. And I've seen, I think, a shitload of Godzilla movies going back to when I was a kid to now. And like basically all the ones I've seen as a teenager and adult are pretty bad, (laughs) except for a a couple of them. So 
This one on the good ratings, I'm going to give it 7 out of 7 good. There is nothing not good about this movie. The weird, it is pretty... Godzilla is sufficiently weird in this movie uh, with the regeneration skills. The way he fucking walks as an adult Godzilla is robotic and weird. And uh, oh yeah, the way the heat ray works, the way it just looks, his eyes I thought were kind of weird actually when he's like chasing after the minesweeper boat. His eyes are just kind of weird with his like kind of chunky mouth. But yes. seven out of seven. Uh, I want to give it seven out of seven across everything just because I love this movie. So I don't even care. Seven out of seven weird. It's uh, maybe like six out of seven weird. Six and a point six point nine weird out of weird. And then nice. great, it's uh a hundred out of seven weird uh great. It's a great, great movie. Fantastic. John, what do you think about this movie? Godzilla minus one. I have gushed about this movie enough to where I feel that seven out of seven goods is warranted without any explanation. I'm going to say for weird that if I'm being honest. It's probably only three or so weirds because it's not that weird. The only weird part is the Godzilla design and it's weird parentheses good. Mm-hmm. I, I like how weird the Godzilla design is, but I'm going to go six out of seven weird because like Patrick said, I, I think this movie deserves a very good score. As far as great, I mean... Have you heard me say a single negative thing about it? I mean, come on. This is a great movie. So seven out of seven. Great. Fucking send it. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Uh, I also agree with both of you. This is the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. Um, it, it crushes it. It's good beyond. I like what Patrick said. There's nothing not good about it. <laughs> seven out of seven. Good. Weird. I would probably give it like a four or something, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give it a six, you know, because this scale doesn't mean anything and we don't know what we're doing. So six <laughs> out of seven, weird. Uh, uh, yeah, that's so it true. is. His design's weird. Him being kind of like a cross eyed puppy is weird when you look at him from the front. Uh, <laughs> the turkey timer. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> the turkey timer shit. That's a little weird. The regenerating face. That's a little weird. Um, oh, great man. seven out of seven. Great. This movie's fucking great, dude. It's it's it does exactly what it's trying to do. It and more. Um, God damn, this movie's cool. Another point in the weird category: the CG. Um, but it's not like the Flash weird. It's like John said, weird parentheses good. So mm-hmm. uh, until next time, everybody. For uh, stay tuned for good weird great in Japanuary where we have some fun wild shit coming at you. The next movie on the docket, The Boy and the Heron. And uh, if you want to find us on social media, I don't even know if we have that anymore. So email us at uh, Good Weird Great Pod. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good Weird Great at gmail.com or Good Weird Great on TikTok. That's what I'm talking about. You can always find me at Jesse underscore wind at the sinking ship, or I'm on blue sky at Jesse wind B sky dot whatever. Um, Patrick, do people find you places? Uh, you can find me here at the good word. Great podcast. And also at the devil fruit punch podcast, devil fruit punch. Uh, that's the one piece podcast. It is bitchin. And until next week, everybody, when you're lost in the darkness on Odo Island. Put the propeller on the back of the plane. Why not? 
Uh, don't shoot the angry Godzilla. Yeah, he's just like a little guy. He's just he's a just, little guy. He's just living his best island life. Also, follow me on TikTok at Red Like China. <laughs> <laughs>